You're listening to the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, and click the bell to make sure you get the latest episodes of the podcast. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. On today's episode of the podcast, we preview the semi-finals of the ICC T20 World Cup for 2022. It's the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast and let's get started. Let's have a look at the first semi-final between New Zealand and Pakistan from the SCG and talk about how they made it to the semi-finals and what challenges they will need to overcome if they are to win and progress to the final of the ICC T20 World Cup for 2022. Let's start with New Zealand and let's have a look at their road to the semi-finals. It's been an interesting road to the semi-finals for New Zealand. The first game against the old rivals in Australia, they won by 89 runs. The game against Afghanistan was abandoned due to rain. The game against Sri Lanka, they won by 65 runs. The game against England, they lost by 20 runs, their only loss for the tournament. And then the final game of the Super 12 stage for New Zealand, they won quite easily against Ireland, winning by 35 runs uh, to qualify for the semi-finals. It's been another good T20 World Cup for New Zealand, qualifying for the semi-finals for the second straight T20 World Cup in a row. Can they go all the way in 2022? That remains to be seen, and that's the question that New Zealand would like to have an answer to by the end of this tournament. Um, except for the one slip-up against England, they have looked the best team in Group 1 uh, from the Super 12 stage of this T20 World Cup. And as I said, it's been a bit of an up and down uh, T20 World Cup for New Zealand. Um, Obviously, uh, their performances have been good. As I mentioned, the one slip up against England, it did show some areas of concern that they need to address going forward, especially into this semi-final against Pakistan. So let's talk about some of the challenges facing New Zealand. Well, the biggest challenge for New Zealand is how will they score runs? And will their batters fire? Now, throughout this tournament, New Zealand's batting has been a bit of a mixed bag. It's fired and then it hasn't fired. So, it's been inconsistent, to sum it up that way. Um, Since the first game, where they won by 89 runs and they won against Australia quite easily in the end, they made 200 runs in that game. Uh, Finn Adlin made 48, Devin Conway 92. They were good against Australia, but those two in particular, Finn Allen, Devon Conway, since that first game against Australia, they they haven't really fired. Um, the games that they played, Sri Lanka, England and Ireland, they weren't really looking at their best. They showed glimpses of brilliance, but they didn't really fire and they didn't really get New Zealand off to a good start in those games. Only the game against Australia, where they added that partnership, which really got Australia on the back foot in that game and put New Zealand in the box seat. Ever since then, they ha- they've struggled. Um, Kane Williamson has struggled as well. Um, he's been under pressure, especially in the game against England, where he scored too slowly. But then in the last game against Ireland, Kane Williamson returned to some sort of his best, scoring 61 off 35 balls. So Kane Williamson is starting to get back into the runs, which is important for New Zealand as we progress into the semi-final. But the other batters like uh, Daryl Mitchell and Jimmy Neesham, they haven't really done much throughout the tournament. Uh, Glenn Phillips is one of the best batters that New, Ze- that New Zealand have had in this T20 World Cup. He's the only one that has found it easy to score runs. And he's the only batter 
that has pretty much had a good tournament. He's been pretty consistent throughout the tournament. He scored that wonderful century against Sri Lanka, 104 off 64 balls. Um, and he's been the main batter that New Zealand have relied on throughout this tournament to get them out of a bit of a jam and to get some momentum in the innings. Um, so the challenge for New Zealand is that they need the other batters like Allen, Conway, Williamson, Mitchell and Nisham to really fire because they can't rely on Glenn Phillips all the time. Otherwise, they'll struggle to post a competitive total against Pakistan or chase down any total uh, that Pakistan set them if New Zealand bats second in the semi-final. So their batters have to be firing. They have to be at their best in this game, in this semi-final against Pakistan. Um, and that's been the story for New Zealand throughout this tournament is that their batters haven't really fired. So that's the biggest challenge for uh, New Zealand. If Finn Allen, Devon Conway, Kane Williamson, Mitchell and Nisham return to some sort of their best in the semi-final, then that will put tremendous pressure on Pakistan because Pakistan um, will know that New Zealand have a strong batting lineup, and when they do fire, they are dangerous. So it's important for New Zealand to make sure that everyone's doing their bit with the bat, because with New Zealand, and this is a thing that Pakistan will be thinking about, if we can get rid of Allen, Conway early, then Williamson, get into the middle order of Phillips, who New Zealand rely on heavily, along with Mitchell, Nishiman, etc., then the batting does fall away a little bit. Then you get into the all-rounders and then the bowlers. So New Zealand, after the top order and the middle order, they don't have really much firepower towards the back end of their batting lineup. Uh, you're not really going to get much from the tailenders uh, to score you the runs. So it's important for New Zealand to really have a good day with the bat. Um, if they do, and if they post a competitive total or chase down any total that Pakistan set them, I think they're a good chance of winning this semi-final. The other challenge for them is taking wickets and breaking um, the opening partnership from Pakistan. Now, we know that Mohamed Rizwan and Babrazam have been very good opening the batting in T20 cricket over numerous months and years, but um, they haven't been at their best in this tournament. And for New Zealand, they will have to break that partnership early because if they break that partnership early, they get into Pakistan's middle order. I think with the likes of Bolt and Southie, which will be relied on heavily from New Zealand, if they can strike early, get wickets in the power play, then I think they'll put Pakistan under pressure and I think they'll go on to uh, restrict Pakistan to a, a score that New Zealand can chase down or bowl Pakistan out if Pakistan are chasing. So for New Zealand... Uh, those are some of the challenges that they will face in this semi-final. They've got to score runs, and they've got to take wickets early. If they can do that, they're a good chance of going through to the final. Now, what's their potential 11 for the semi-final? This could be their potential 11 for the semi-final. Allen, Conway, Williamson, Phillips, Mitchell, Nisham, Satner, Southie, Sodi, Ferguson, and Bolt. This 11 is the strongest team New Zealand has for this T20 World Cup. You don't want to make changes for the sake of it. And you don't want to interrupt the cohesion of the team ahead of an important match like this semi-final. Um, and it's been the same 11 throughout the tournament, and they haven't really changed it that much. So that could be New Zealand's potential 11 for the semi-final against Pakistan at the SCG. Let's have a look at Pakistan and their road to the semi-finals. 
Their first game against India, the old rivals, they lost by four wickets. The second game against Zimbabwe, they lost by a run. The game against the Netherlands, they won by six wickets. The game against South Africa, they won by 33 runs on Duckworth Lewis. And the final game of the Super 12 stage booked their place into the semi-finals, beating, Pakistan, uh, sorry, beating Bangladesh by five wickets at the Adelaide Oval. Um, it's been a bit of a up-and-down T20 World Cup for Pakistan. Uh, losing their first two games put them on the back foot, and their semi-final hopes were dashed pretty quickly. But, in saying that, cricket's a funny game, and you have an opportunity to bounce back. And for Pakistan, you would say, after they lost against India, the way they did, and that wonderful game at the MCG, which is probably one of the best games of this tournament thus far, and then that game against Zimbabwe where they stuffed up the run chase and they just collapsed and they failed miserably in Perth, you would think their semi-final hopes were gone. But... They were able to turn things around and bounce back, winning against the Netherlands, South Africa, who were one of the informed teams in Group 2 and were looking pretty good for the semi-finals. But we know what happened with South Africa, obviously, when the Netherlands defeated them and knocked them out of the semi-final race. Um, and then obviously won against Bangladesh. So they bounced back well, Pakistan. They've got their tails up. And they started to believe that, you know, if we finish off strongly here, we're a chance of going through to the semis. And for Pakistan... I think they'll be sending a lot of presents and a lot of cards of saying thank you, thank you cards to the Netherlands. Uh, because for Pakistan to qualify for the semi-finals, they needed the Netherlands to beat South Africa. And they did. The Netherlands actually did it. And it was one of the big upsets of this T20 World Cup thus far. And this T20 World Cup seen many big upsets during this tournament. Um, so I think Pakistan are internally grateful to the Netherlands for beating South Africa. And we know with South Africa, yet again, another tournament. They've stuffed it up again. And um, they still have that tag of being chokers, uh, South Africa. But uh, for Pakistan, that allowed them to qualify for the semifinals. And this is um, a pretty good run home towards the semifinals for, for Pakistan. And... They've got a chance of winning the whole thing, actually. Um, so winning the last three games in a row, it's it's really gave, given them tremendous confidence and belief that we can actually do this. We were down and out, but we've got a chance now. Um, so Pakistan, for them against New Zealand, what are some of the challenges in the semi-final? Well, they will face a lot of challenges, but the main challenge for them is the opening partnership must fire. I believe if Pakistan are able to put New Zealand under pressure with the with the bat, if they're batting first or bowl, or sorry or um, chasing a target, they will need Babar Azam and Mohammad Rizwan to fire because they haven't really fired throughout this tournament. And for Pakistan to put New Zealand under pressure with the bat in the semi-final, they will need them to fire. Um, and get back to some sort of their best because they're two quality players, but it just hasn't worked out for them in this T20 World Cup, and that happens where you're just not really timing the ball well, you haven't got the rhythm or the fluency, and um, they've they've struggled in this tournament. Um, so for Pakistan, it's very important that the opening partnership succeeds. If it fails, then we know with Pakistan they do rely heavily on the opening partnership, and if it fails they'll probably crumble and have a batting collapse. 
Um, but we've seen in the last three games, when they won against the Netherlands, South Africa and Bangladesh, and where Babrazam and Mohamed Rizwan have failed as an opening partnership and haven't got the team off to a good start, the middle order is starting to do their job. And they're starting to score runs and get the job done for Pakistan. And I think that's a good thing for Pakistan heading into the semi-final, is that, yes, the opening partnership hasn't fired between Rizwan and Azam, but the middle order like Harris and Masoon and Itikar Ahmed and Nawaz and Shadab Khan, they're starting to score runs. And they're starting to, uh, you know, score runs and put pressure back on the opposition with the bat. And that's very good signs for Pakistan. That being said... Can they do it in a semi-final? Can the middle order for Pakistan stand up in a semi-final against New Zealand? This is a different kettle of fish. It's a different sort of pressure. And this is where they will need the partnership of Rizwan and Azam to succeed. If they succeed, get the team off to a good start, then the middle order can complement that well. Then I think Pakistan are a good chance of setting New Zealand a big total batting first and then backing their bowlers to defend it because they've got a very good bowling attack. Or they can chase down any target that New Zealand set them. But they will need the opening partnership to fire and they will need the middle order to fire as well to have any success. And as we've seen throughout this tournament, their batting's been a bit iffy. So that's one challenge. The other challenge for them is taking wickets. Their pace attack, the likes of Shaheen Shah Fridi, Harris Ralph, Nassim Shah, Mohammed Wazim, they've done pretty well in this tournament. They need to strike early for Pakistan. They need to put New Zealand's batters under pressure. Take early wickets in the power play. Really put New Zealand under pressure because Pakistan will know that New Zealand, their batting hasn't really fired throughout this tournament. And they do rely heavily on Glenn Phillips. He's the big wicket for them. Um, but if Pakistan can take wickets early, strike early with the ball and make New Zealand's middle order come in early, then I think they're a good chance of winning this semi-final. So those are the things that they need to go right for them to win this semi-final Pakistan. But as we know with Pakistan, are we going to see the good Pakistan or the bad Pakistan in this semi-final? And I think Pakistan supporters will be hoping, let's see the good Pakistan, because when we see the good Pakistan play, they play very well. When we see the bad Pakistan play, they play poorly and it's horrible. So... They'll be hoping that they get the good Pakistan in this game, in this semi-final. And Pakistan, with their tails up, they're full of confidence. They've won the last three games in a row. They thought the semi-finals were gone. Let's move on to 2024. But when the Netherlands won against South Africa, they won against Bangladesh to book their spot in the semis, they've got the belief that they can actually win the whole thing. So... Uh, they're full of confidence. Can they do it? That remains to be seen. But they're a good chance in this semi-final against New Zealand. Now, what's their potential 11 for the semi-final against uh, New Zealand? Their potential 11 could be uh, Rizwan, Azam, uh, Harris, Masood, Ahmed, Nawaz, Shadab Khan, uh, Wasim, uh, Shah, Ralph, and Afridi. I, I think Pakistan will select that 11 for the semi-final against New Zealand. Uh, this 11 has pretty much played the last three games in a row, I'm guessing. Um, only one change, obviously, where um, uh, Saman was in the side 
and obviously he was ruled out because of injuries. So Harris, Mohamed Harris, came into the the squad to replace him. So this team that they've uh, selected uh, was for the last two games against South Africa and Bangladesh. And this 11 worked very well together. So I think they won't make any changes. I don't think they need to because this 11 won the games against South Africa and Bangladesh and they've gelled quite well as an 11. So I don't think they'll make any changes. So that could be Pakistan's potential 11 for the semi-final against New Zealand at the SCG. Let's have a look at the second semi-final between India and England from the Adelaide Oval and talk about how they made it to the semi-finals and what challenges they will need to overcome if they are to win and progress to the final of the ICC T20 World Cup for 2022. Let's start with India and let's have a look at their road to the semi-finals. The first game of the tournament for them was against the old rivals in Pakistan and they won by four wickets. They were down and out in that game, India, and they came back and a superb innings from Virat Kohli, returning to some sort of his glorious best. Then the game against the Netherlands, they won by 56 runs. That was pretty much a, a straightforward victory for India there. The game against South Africa in Perth, they lost by five wickets. They struggled against the pace on the Perth wicket um, facing the South African fast bowlers, and they struggled in that game. The game against Bangladesh was a tight game in Adelaide. They, they won that by five runs on Duckworth Lewis. And then the last game against Zimbabwe, it was pretty much a one-sided victory for India there. They won by 71 runs and won that game quite easily to uh, cement their spot in the semi-finals. This T20 World Cup for India has been better than last year. In 2021, where they failed for the semi-finals. India were going to be tested during this T20 World Cup in 2022 in both batting and bowling. Uh, their batting was always going to succeed here in Australia, but their bowling was their weakest link, especially without Jasper Boomer in the side. That was a massive, massive gap in their bowling, and uh, it was going to be a big challenge for them to see if their bowlers could do the job and win the games. In the end, their bowling has done okay, and they were able to win games in this T20 World Cup, except for the game against South Africa. That's where the batters failed, but the other games, their bowlers stood up and were able to get the job done. Uh, defending scores, and um, they were able to do that, um, India. So it has been a very better before. It has been a, a better performance, I should say, from India this year than last year's T20 World Cup. Um, Virat Kohli's back in form. Uh, he's scoring runs again. The team looks pretty motivated. They look pretty determined to to go on and win this. And you can't discount India from winning this whole tournament because. Uh, they are a pretty strong side. Now, what are some of the challenges facing India against England in the semi-final in Adelaide? The biggest challenge for India is how to stop England's dominant batting lineup. Uh, India's bowlers will be put under pressure against England. Uh, India would have liked Bumrah right here, right now in the semi-final. Um, as we've mentioned, India's bowling has been their weakest link heading into this tournament. Without Bumrah, they had problems at the death. They were leaking runs. Um... They've seen to rectify those problems as the tournament progressed and the bowlers have got confidence and they've taken wickets and, and they've bowled pretty okay. Um, but they would need to get early wickets uh, to put England's batting under pressure in this semi-final. Ashdeep Singh, Beneshwar Kumar, uh, Mohamed Shami will really need to stand up and step up in this big game for India because if they can take wickets and put England under pressure, we know with England... 
they are susceptible to a batting collapse. And we've seen from England in this T20 World Cup, their batting hasn't really fired and it hasn't really got going uh, during this tournament. So if they can take early wickets in the power play, the advantage that the Indian team will have over England is that India have played a match here in Adelaide. And that was against Bangladesh. So they know these conditions. Whereas England, they haven't played one single game in this T20 World Cup in, Ad in, Ad in Adelaide, I should say. Um, so they don't know what the conditions are like at the Adelaide Oval. Um, but India do because they played that game against Bangladesh, didn't they? So that's the advantage that the bowlers have, uh, that India's bowlers have over England's team and batters and bowlers, that they've already played a game here at the Adelaide Oval. But I feel like they need to take early wickets. And as I mentioned before, Shami, Ashdip Singh, Kumar, they really need to perform well in this game. If they can take wickets, they've got a, ch they've got a chance, India, of winning this game and restricting England to a low score to chase down themselves or to bowl England out when they're chasing a target that India have set them. Uh, so they will really need to stand up. Also, the spinners. The spinners have been a bit quiet for India. Uh, the likes of Axel Patel and Ravi Ashwin, they've had a pretty uh, quiet T20 World Cup. They haven't really done much. They've picked up a few wickets here and there, but they haven't been really effective. So for India, their spinners need to back up Kumar, Ashdeep Singh and Mohamed Shami. And also Hardik Pandya will need to back up the other bowlers as well when he comes on into the attack. But the spinners, they really need to have a good, a good game and really back up the other bowlers if India have a chance of winning this semi-final against England. Um, the other challenge for India is their batters. Their batters need to start firing and to combat England's bowlers. Um, India's batting needs to stand up. Um, Virat Kohli and Suvakuma Yadav have been the only two batters from India that have really scored majority of the runs for India in this T20 World Cup. The rest of them have been a bit quiet. Kyle Rahul scored back-to-back -back 50s. He's starting to get motoring. But Rohit Sharma's form is a bit questionable. Hardik Pandya has been a bit quiet. Um, so their batting really needs to stand up. They can't afford um, any of their batters not really scoring runs in this semi-final. Obviously, they're going to rely heavily on Virat Kohli and Surakuma Yadav. But it's going to be the other batters to stand up. They can't do it all the time. Imagine... Curly gets out for a duck, or Surakumar Yadav gets out for a duck. Then what happens? The other batters like Kaur Rahul, Rohit Sharma, Hardik Pandya, even Axel Patel and, and Ashwin uh, really need to stand up and really need to um, score the runs um, if that's the case. So their other batters need to stand up and they need to start firing in this semi-final. Uh, so those are some of the challenges that could face India in the semi-final against England. Um, if they do well with the bat and the ball, I think they're a good chance of going through to the final. Uh, what's their potential 11 for the semi-final against England? Well, their potential 11 could be Rahul, Rohit Sharma, Kohli, Surakuma Yadav, uh, Rishad Pant, Hardik Pandya, Axel Patel, Ashwin, Kuma, Shami, and Ashdeep Singh. This 11 is... India's best 11 throughout the tournament, and they haven't made too many changes throughout the tournament to their 11. Rishad Pant came into the 11 for the last game against Zimbabwe, and Dennis Kartik was left out. I think they will keep Pant for the semi-final against England and leave Dennis Kartik out. Uh, Kartik hasn't really done much with the bat at all during this tournament, 
and you want to play your best 11 in this tournament. Richard Park can be a dangerous player, so I think he's the best option over Dennis Kartik. But we shall see what 11 India pick for the semi-final against England. So that could be India's potential 11 for the semi-final against England at the Adelaide Oval. Let's have a look at England and their road to the semi-finals. The first game against Afghanistan, they won by five wickets. The second game against Ireland was a bit of an upset. Ireland winning that game. England losing by five runs on Duckworth-Lewis method. Uh, the game against Australia was abandoned without a ball being bowled at the MCG. The game against New Zealand, they bounced back well to win by 20 runs at the Gabba. And the final game against Sri Lanka, which pretty much booked their spot in the semi-finals, they won that game by four wickets in the end. Wasn't a convincing victory, but they got the job done and they booked a place in the semi-finals. Now, this T20 World Cup for England hasn't been smooth sailing at times. They looked a bit rusty and not convincing at all with their batting or bowling. After losing to Ireland at the MCG and playing so badly there, uh, their T20 World Cup was in the balance, and it looked like a tough challenge to qualify for the semi-finals. The game against Australia at the MCG was going to be a straight-out elimination final for both teams, but England dodged a bullet, and the game was washed out. They managed to win their last two games and qualify for the semi-finals easily in the end. Now, what are some of the challenges facing England against India in this semi-final at the Adelaide Oval? Well, for a start, England haven't played a game at the Adelaide Oval. They don't know what conditions are like here at the Adelaide Oval. Um, so the big advantage that India have over England is that India have already played a game against Bangladesh here at the Adelaide Oval. Uh, for England, they have not played a game at all at the Adelaide Oval. So it's going to be a new venue, new conditions, and you've got to sum up the conditions in adapt to conditions and that's what England need to do because the games here at the Adelaide Oval it hasn't really been a typical Adelaide Oval surface obviously early season the weather hasn't helped as well um, over the last few games here at the Adelaide Oval it's been the spinners that have caused some problems it's been a bit slow so it's going to be hard to force the pace as a batter so England will have to adapt to that that's one big challenge the other one is they need early wickets um, they need early wickets, England, and put India's batters under pressure from the get-go. If they can do that, then there are a good chance of keeping India to a uh, chaseable score or defender score when India are chasing. So it's very important for the likes of uh, the England bowlers, like Sam Curran, who's bowled pretty well in this tournament, Chris Wilkes, Mark Wood, Adil Rashid, uh, even Moen Ali, and even Liam Livingston when he gets the opportunity to bowl, and even Ben Stokes to take early wickets for England, because England need early wickets against India's batting. As we know with India's batting, it's been Virat Kohli and Surya Yadav. Those two have been the two big wickets for most sides in this tournament. Uh, India have relied heavily on those two throughout this tournament. So if England can knock out those two, get rid of the other batters, put India under pressure in the power play, take early wickets, all the basic stuff as we, as we talk about in T20 cricket when bowling then I think they're a good chance of keeping India to a low score and chase it down, or uh, bowling India out if England are chasing um, in this semi-final in Adelaide. So that's going to be some of the challenges England will need to overcome. Also, the other challenge for England is can, they, can their batters fire? Uh, we've seen throughout this um, tournament that their batting has been a bit scratchy. It hasn't been convincing at times. Butler and Hales... Uh, the opening partnership in the game against New Zealand fired. Um, they will be crucial in this game against India. 
It will set the tone for the innings and putting pressure back on the Indian bowlers for England. But apart from that, the other batters like Stokes, Brook, Livingston, Alley, they haven't really fired throughout this T20 World Cup. They've got to fire in this game against India. If they don't, then England are going to be on the back foot, that's for sure. Um, so they haven't really fired yet. So they need to start firing in this semi-final against India because if England's batting is firing all cylinders, we know it's a very strong batting lineup. It's a very intimidating batting lineup. They're full of aggressive players who like to take the game on and don't hold back and don't take a backward step. Um, so I think for England, all of their batters need to fire. They can't just rely on one and two batters like Butler or Hells for the opening partnership. You know, Ben Stokes hasn't done much. He's got to stand up. Same with Brooke. I know he's young. He's just starting his career, but he's really got to stand up now. Um, Livingston's the same. Ali's the same. So um, a lot of pressure on the England batters heading into the semi-final against India. So those are some of the challenges facing England in this semi-final against India. Now, what's their potential 11 for this semi-final against India at the Adelaide Oval? The 11 that they could select could be Butler, Hales, Salt, Stokes, Brook, Livingston, Ali, Sam Curran, Wokes, Wood, and Rashid. Now, obviously, Darwin Milan's in doubt uh, with a groin injury that he sustained in the game against Sri Lanka. So I think Phil Salt, who is the backup batter in the side for England, in the squad, I should say, um, he should come in to replace Milan if he doesn't pull up in time for the semi-final against India. I think that could be the only change that England make. A forced change with Milan's injury to his groin. Salt comes in to him. Uh, Salt comes in to him, I should say. And that's a pretty straightforward selection. Apart from that, it's a strong England team. And you will probably back them to do well in the semi-final. But they will need to fire with the both, both the bat and the ball to have any chance of winning against India in this semi-final in Adelaide. So that could be England's potential 11 for the semi-final against India at the Adelaide Oval. Let's predict who's going to win the semi-finals of this ICC T20 World Cup for 2022. Let's start with semi-final number one, New Zealand and Pakistan from the SCG. Ooh. This is the thing, when you, when you do predictions, it's always hard to choose one. And whoever you choose may not win. So my predictions are just based off what I've seen throughout the tournament and how I see the teams going into these semi-finals and, and who's got the slight edge. We'll, st we'll start with the first semi-finals I mentioned, New Zealand, Pakistan and the SCG. I really do hope New Zealand win. I, I would like to see them, you know, win and go through to the final again. I know they were there last year against Australia. Unfortunately, they lost last year. Uh, New Zealand's the only team in this uh, T20 World Cup out of the final four teams in the semi-finals that hasn't won a T20 World Cup. Pakistan have won one back in 2009. That was in England. India won in South Africa in 2007, the first one. And England won in the, in the Caribbean and the West Indies in 2010. Um, but I would, I would think New Zealand, um, I would think they're probably favourites to win that game against Pakistan. Pakistan are a good chance themselves to go through. Um, but it depends whether or not Pakistan are going to be the good Pakistan or the bad Pakistan. Um, because of that inconsistency, as we know, with Pakistan throughout the years. But I really do think that New Zealand have a chance of going through. If they're batting and bowling fires, I think they're a good chance to go through. Purely based 
on the fact that I want to see them go through to the final and eventually win the whole thing. But you never know, Pakistan may win as well. So that one's a very tight contest, but I'm going to go with New Zealand. The second semi-final between India and England at the Adelaide Oval. Um, I hate to say it, but being an Australian supporter, you don't really like to admit this, but I really do think England may win. Um, to me, they have been the favourites before this tournament started. Everyone talked about them. Everyone said they'll be in the semis. And here we are. They're in the semi-finals. Um, I think they, they, they've got a strong team. Their batting and bowling's pretty good. As we've known throughout the tournament, they haven't really fired. So if England can get it together with their batting and bowling, they're a good chance of knocking off India going through to the final on Sunday at the MCG. Obviously, you can't really discount India. They're, they're a good chance as well. They're a strong team. They've got good batters. Their bowling's starting to come through now and, and starting to get the job done. Obviously, we've talked about that at length throughout this preview. Um, you can't discount them as well, but um, it, I'm going to say England, and, and I think it could be New Zealand and England. They could be potentially going through to the final. But as we know with semifinals, anything can happen. It's whoever turns up on the day, whoever plays well on the day, will win the game, have success, and go through to the final. Um, T20 cricket's a lottery, and you never know what's going to happen. So unpredictable. But those are my predictions for who will win the semifinals of the ICC T20 World Cup 2022. If you're listening to this episode of the podcast on YouTube, let us know in the comments. Who do you think will win the semifinals for this ICC T20 World Cup for 2022? It would be great to hear your predictions and thoughts. After 30 matches in the Super 12 stage, we come down to the two most important matches of this ICC T20 World Cup for 2022, the semi-finals. For New Zealand, Pakistan, India and England, they are one game away from winning this T20 World Cup for 2022. These teams are the four best teams and deserve to be in the semi-finals. Let's hope we see two exciting semi-finals and may the best teams win. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Be sure to subscribe and click the bell to get the latest episodes of the podcast and like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Until next time, keep safe and bye for now.